It is my great pleasure today to be joined by Gary Sheng, who is a US-based technology and civic entrepreneur dedicated to building tools, systems, and movements that accelerate human and planetary flourishing. Gary co-founded Civics Unplugged and DreamDAO, which is training Gen Z civic innovators. It's currently focused on building hyper-local civic empowerment projects around the US. He's also someone that I've had a bunch of interesting conversations with over the past months now, I guess, and I find to be an extremely thoughtful and inspiring individual. So Gary, how are you doing today? Thank you for the kind words, Stephen. I feel the same about you. Um, I've been in the in the Web3 space for the last half year or so, and there are a few people that I feel more aligned with than yourself. Um, so it's an honor to be on this podcast, and um, I think you know that we have a lot of cool stuff to jam on today. Mm, yeah, for sure. So the question that I'm planning to ask all of the guests first is, is what does Lunapunk mean to you, given the title of this podcast, Lunapunk Dreams? So I looked up a definition of it um, before we got on this call, and I'm sure different people have different definitions, but solar solar punk is so much about a sort of like global vision for humanity's future. Mm-hmm. Um, very humanity level focused, I think. Um, you know, not everyone views it that way, but I think lunar punk invites us to think about our role as an individual in, in the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And I think it also, at least to me, makes me think about the dark side of market cycles and humanity and how we need to design with the, all of that in mind. Um, we're talking right now post crash after crash of the crypto market and it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel good i think it was a it's been a sobering experience um i think all of us had weird feelings about how people were acting over the last you know year plus but what what are you getting at by weird feelings there well i mean you you wonder like how legitimate these like super hyped up crypto projects are. Mm -hmm. And most, if not, yeah, most, most of these projects are, are vapor. Mm -hmm. They, and they lose people a ton of money, like ordinary people that, you know, are just trying to create a better future for themselves. Maybe a lot of it is greed related, but a lot of it is just security related. Right. We have stable coins, quote unquote, stable coins that collapsed. And so I, I, a lot goes through my head, like what different words mean to people now? What does Web3 mean to people post all these collapses, post this kind of awakening around what the state of the technology is? Maybe I can ask you, what do you want it to mean? I'm one person. I don't think I have the ability to change it, or I'm not sure if I do. 
um, the meaning of it. But Web3, if you didn't know that it was so associated with blockchain and cryptocurrency, you might think that it just means the set of technologies and, and philosophies that take internet technologies and internet culture to the next level so that humanity has a bright future. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are able to criticize Web2 for hypercentralization, exploitation of our data, surveillance capitalism. But I don't think that we, all the people that claim to identify as part of Web3, I don't think we've articulated a better path forward. And I think the easiest thing to do is to create self-serving narratives mm-hmm. where you know this new technology that's really sexy, that's creating, that's raising a ton of venture capital money is the future, right? This is a very, even if there's not cynical intentions, it it is a convenient thing for a VC to propagate, right? It's a convenient meme, right? That, you know, all this like old stuff that didn't have blockchain is mm-hmm. not the future. Mm-hmm. All the stuff with blockchain is the future. Yeah. yeah. But but there's there's plenty of technologies, right? Like what Web3 applications don't depend in some in some way on open source software? Mm-hmm. That's not Web3. Um, and where does where does civic tech fit into Web3? Where, where, where is that part of the conversation? Or like right. re- re- regenerative technology, regenerative practices? Yeah. So, um, so, so if we were to expand our notion of Web3 beyond simply blockchain technology, then what other kinds of technologies can you imagine be included in Web3? Or would you like to see kind of included when people speak of Web3? I think step one is getting more clear on what success looks like, or maybe changing the definition of what success looks like. Success does not mean that everyone is using a blockchain application necessarily, right? That might be what happens, uh, maybe because it's useful. I don't know. But I think success for Web3 has more to do with, or let's just say the future of the internet, like the future of the internet will have been successful or the next generation of it will have been more successful if we're able to solve problems that we weren't able to solve with the previous generation of, te- of, of technologies and ways of using it right? and thinking about the world and thinking about each other. So success looks like a more stable and resilient world where people are not worried about their wealth being evaporated uh, from just sitting there and it, they're not worried about their identity being stolen and exploited. Uh, they're not worried that they're, they're excited about how technology is, has, is being used to protect and, and restore natural ecosystems, create, create new, new, maybe even new ecosystems because we've gotten so good at, you know, terraforming earth. <laughs> And if someone else has a, a better term for, for the technology that does all this or like a way to encapsulate it, I'm super open to that, right? Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's regenerative tech. I don't know. What I'm hearing there is that you're interested in blockchain technology so far as it is in service of those greater aims, those greater purposes. And 
if it turns out that it's not, or if it turns out there's other technology which is actually more suitable for achieving those aims, then that's the technology we should be focusing on instead. Is, am I understanding that right? Absolutely. And I, and I will be frank that a big part of why it made sense to launch DreamDAO with a mission statement so tied to blockchain and cryptocurrency where we're, we're empowering Gen Z to learn how to use Web3 with that explicit understanding of it being Web blockchain and cryptocurrency. Um, so empowering Gen Z to learn how to leverage it to do good in the world is because there's a lot of there at least used to be <laughs> as recently as a few months ago, a lot of money in the quote unquote Web3 space. And so a question to me that I'm exploring is like, is it possible to create a sustainable, a sustainable ecosystem of like finances and impact um, that isn't built on bubbles and hype that pop as extremely as they do in the cryptocurrency space? I, I would suggest that we've been, I mean, understandably like a little bit down on the on blockchain technology given this current moment we find ourselves in where it's been a, just a, um, a very eventful few weeks since the collapse of, of terror. Um, but the, uh, f- for me, this, uh, this core I- idea of decentralization and, and, and sovereignty are, uh, they're really worthwhile ideas. Yeah. And, uh, um, even yeah. as, you know, <laughs> the, bubbles of the bubble pops and it actually there isn't nearly as much money just washing around to kind of pull into um, these regen projects Uh, i have some sense that those those principles of decentralization and 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 sovereignty are still valuable to try to uh, to learn from at least and, and probably to kind of bake into um this regenerative tech or regenerative movements that we might still hope to see yep um and and so the a, a very open question to me um is what 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 are what is the full scope of technologies um that can be helpful for sovereignty um supporting agency sovereignty of the individual and the community level and maybe even city level state level it's almost certainly a mixture of different technologies um and i I guess one thing that pops in my mind is like funding right i I think we we study the usefulness of technologies that the funders want to study the usefulness of right and Mm -hmm. and claim the usefulness of and i'm not and i'm not meaning to say that there isn't going to be tons of uh, practical applications that are essential and, and additive, greatly additive um, to various dimensions of human flourishing that that we that we seek. Um, I think this is this kind of moment in time is a really good opportunity for us to think deeply about how to be a servant of humanity, uh, where where where. You know, I think part of that is being very open-minded to, to new, new technologies and what new possibilities that open up. Mm-hmm. But also, um, for other technologies or older technologies, how, how how might we have not just been creative enough or applied 
um, them enough, or maybe they've been applied in certain parts of the world and that we don't know of in yeah. uh, interesting ways. So something that I know that you've been spending some time thinking about recently is the hyperlocal or, or, or change at, a, at the local level. And um, I'm wondering if we could talk a bit about that and, and, and even actually change that um, might feel necessary at, at different scales, at the level of the individual, the, the, the local, the, kind of the state level, and uh, but let's 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 start with the with the hyper local. So uh, before this, we jumped on the call. We were we were speaking around about libraries and and, and and civic space and the the role that that civic space could could play in creating this this solar punk future, this this regen future. So you know, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Where where are you at with the role of, of civic space yeah so our our pre-conversation was really good we talked a lot about how technology can be useful for people that may not understand the technology right how can it be useful for your neighbors um how can um how can we use or, or repurpose existing spaces to to convene community right so that and, and like almost instantiate it through convening uh, in meaningful ways, how can we encourage people to get together, get to know each other, practice civic agency, where they think about what do they want to do together, and then they do it, and then they break bread together, and then they have fun, and then they reflect, and they decide, hey, do we want to do something else again? I, um, I, I say this as you know, knowing that I know very little about what's happening. I mean, this is kind of, kind of the point of me being self-aware. Uh, I say this is someone that not, not knowing if this is already happening, but I, if it is happening, I've heard nothing of it where people my age are gathering together as civic agents, uh, to maybe work intergenerational intergenerationally, or even just in our generation millennials or, or, or younger to, to form a sense of fraternity uh, about building a better future for that local area or beyond. Uh, it's so foreign to me. I'm going to be honest. Uh, that might be my, that might be my fault, but what's less foreign to me is what I see on social media all the time, which is like these like, they're almost, they're actually kind of global mimetic networks now, mimetic tribes, where there's kind of like this global left and there's multiple lefts, global right, multiple rights. And everyone's just saying words. We're just saying things that, you know, you're signaling some kind of virtue in some kind of way. And it, and, and, I don't think, I think we do not reflect enough on just how much hundreds, if not thousands, if not whatever, however many exposures to people signaling virtue versus doing something that can, that 
that embodies collective agency, individual agency. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we think enough about what that does to your brain, about mm. what it thinks is important. I have some sense it can be um, kind of substituting almost that that to be talking about doing good on, on social media can maybe make me sometimes feel like oh I've been doing good but actually I've just been talking about doing good and it's like actually that there's you know there's still all those actual tasks out there in the real world in in my yeah, community yeah. that that haven't yet been done um, but it's like almost like I've um, uh, I have, I, I've still gone to bed kind of happy that night because I think I've, you know, I've, I've liked the right things and, 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 and said the right stuff. So, so that, that kind of begs the question of like, how, how, how could we actually stimulate some, some movement for, for civic action for people actually coming together, relating to one another as, as citizens to, to make a difference in their their local areas and another thing you before the call you mentioned the possibility of, of gamifying civic action in some way uh i i also spoke of this concept of, of proof of regeneration like what if people could actually be rewarded in some way um in, through this coming together and through making an, an impact on their, their local area yeah. something come up for you if i yeah. So what, what, what does it look like if it becomes almost like common sense that you will be socially recognized for engaging in constructive, almost like democracy at the smallest scale, but not voting, right? Mm -hmm. Like outside of voting, right? I think we've been manipulated by political parties to think that voting is democracy. Mm -hmm. where vote where democracy is the day-to-day -day practice of civic life um, civic exercising a civic agency as individuals and as collectives what if that was more well known right and what if that what if there were ways for you to develop civic merit badges almost right that you know were were, were rewards in in themselves but you know maybe maybe got other rewards uh, from people that were excited that you were doing those things. It, it, it makes me wonder, like, if what kinds of activities, tasks, gatherings are, do we really have in mind here then? You said, you said okay, it's not, you know, it's not voting or that, like, that isn't, you want to kind of de-emphasize that and maybe there's, a t like, a lot of weight placed on that as being, like, the way to change things. Uh, but, but what other things do you have in mind here? Well, isn't it funny that the point of voting is to, theoretically, um, is to vote in people that will make your neighborhood and life better. Mm -hmm. But like, again, this might just be people like me for some reason. I I draw a blank often when I, when I think about like, how would I make my neighborhood mm -hmm better right mm. i can maybe come up with a couple examples mm. but like why do we expect our leaders to be much better than the ones that we have today mm. <laughs> if we can't articulate what we want them to do mm. or we want them to help do mm. Mm. like i almost feel like government action is a 
it's a supportive utility. It's a last resort um, if the people can't figure things out themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think we've outsourced our our flourishing, our livelihoods to you know, kind of faceless entities like corporations, like, like you said, we're consumers that are like, you know, every pain that we feel we can eat something and it goes away. Or uh, we wear some kind of VR headset that like drowns the pain, distracts us from the, the pain of not feeling fulfilled. And, uh, or, you know, instead of, and of course, you know, a lot of people need help, but we'd rely on government for monetary support. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think success is people becoming more and more self-sufficient and and relying on civic communities over Mm -hmm. the government. But again, how do you decrease dependence on government? You, you, You develop collective agency collective ability to kind of manifest a better future for your neighborhoods. But if, if you don't think about what better looks like, which yeah. again, I'm going to be, I'm going to raise my hand as like <laughs> someone that is guilty of that. Yeah. Um, so, so first what I think I'm hearing is not so much that you're kind of like anti-government. It's just that you're, you're like pro citizen <laughs> or at least you're certainly. Yes. Kind of, <laughs> thank you. Wow. It's like, thank you for, thank you for, you're just, interested in the potential for people to come together as citizens rather than consumers to create better neighborhoods and and better lives for themselves and i'm also hearing that uh it's hard for you and and for me actually you know it's it's hard in some ways to 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 imagine that what what like you know better communities could could look like which which um, makes me think of of the work of our our dear friend Phoebe, who's you know very interested in talking about imagining better futures. Um, another aspect of that sure. that I'm interested in is um, it's it just it's how people are coming together. Um, it's uh, it, it just it feels to me that there can be enormous power of People just creating things together in, in very participatory, non-hierarchical, horizontal ways. It's, it's it's a skill that I think has been lost, unfortunately, to a great extent in society. That we just um, we just don't have as many opportunities, spaces to to really you know, work that that co-creative muscle and uh i'm yeah I'm, I'm i'm interested about how how we could make more opportunities for for people to come together to to co-create in their local areas and i kind of think like what exactly they're co-creating is kind of secondary <laughs> to the to just the fact that people are coming together to 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 do something together uh w- without anyone particularly being in in charge is is the important part to me so to to feel what it's like to have to work have to like get on with other people have to work with other people um and then experience the inevitable conflicts that will emerge which is another really important piece for me for me is just people becoming more and more comfortable with with 
conflict and seeing that it doesn't it's not the end of the world that there are there are way very effective ways of moving through and beyond conflict and coming to um helpful understandings on on the other side of of, of these conflicts so, um yeah that's that's some of what's coming up for me as you're you're speaking but this um th this piece that is this this the share you you made around just finding it very difficult to imagine what uh uh, what change you would like to affect in your local communities is very interesting to me. And I imagine if you're feeling that way, there's probably a lot of other people that are feeling that way too. Yeah. Just, just like thinking about my own thinking, it does, it just really doesn't come naturally because you, you're, you're sort of, I mean, I'm someone that I would say I'm very high on belief in the potential of humans and, what happens when we come together um but i'm like alarmed almost by how like much i've realized i've been conditioned to believe that my environment is like it's just like a, something that you can't change mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's not like i it's not like that i propositionally believe that the environment can't change like it's just it's reflected in how it, it's it's not obvious how things could be better and it's and i'm not saying that things are great either <laughs> it's again we have just outsourced this what could be more important than practicing making things better for mm -hmm. not just your you know uh tiny tribe uh, across whatever line of line of difference let me let me drop a few uh possibilities in of, of ways in which people might be able to impact their local area then and and just see how they land with you so there's food energy and connectivity with, with three that i that came to mind and, and three which phoebe and i talked a bit about in the tools for the regenerative renaissance course so yeah, local food growing schemes, encouraging people to come together in, in neighborhoods to, uh, to produce their own fresh, healthy food, uh, local energy generation schemes. And there's actually a super interesting scheme in, in Brooklyn, in New York, where residents, uh, own solar panels on top of apartment blocks and then, uh, what, what, share their energy with one another in Brooklyn, in New York, it's called the Brooklyn microgrid. Mm and uh and connectivity as well um actually i think it's it's, it's yes yeah, it's, it's also in in new york there's a, a project where uh people are sharing internet connections so they just pay for one very f like fast internet connection and, and then otherwise beam that signal around to various different apartment blocks. So lots and lots of people are just, just paying just for one connection rather than like hundreds and hundreds of people each paying for their own lines. So um, there's, there's some of the things which like I'm, I'm interested in and excited about. And, um, and yeah, as far as I can see, you know, some, some of this stuff is happening and actually it's, 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 it's interesting to me, like how, um, how it's not so well known about you know, it's, it, these kinds of projects seem quite niche a lot of the time, and uh, I'm—I I would love to see, um, yeah, examples like those and 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 others 
more widely spoken about and maybe you know maybe they, maybe none of those three are appropriate in a given neighborhood but, but maybe there's something else and just to start talking about them perhaps stimulates the the imagination a little doesn't it so um, yeah is it, i mean is that the is that the kind of thing that you're imagining or, or is there something different coming up as i speak so i'm writing this down because i really like those food energy connectivity um and connectivity sorry can you repeat what the example was um so let me see so it is called uh nyc mesh this is a a community-owned mesh network oh, where, right. it, where people across New York City have free internet or essentially free internet um, because yeah. many, many people are just paying for one line. Amazing. Um, yeah, I think stimulating the imagination um, is so key uh, because I, I think they're, you know, what this makes me think of is we need like, frameworks for thinking about how to make cities better like what mm -hmm. what kind of categories of ways like you said and then specific examples that fall under this under these categories mm -hmm. um you know i can imagine that like someone in philadelphia like sees the mesh network in new york city and is like let's um do something very similar because mm -hmm. it's possible yeah, and there's ideally there's good storytelling around it. Yeah, I, I I am sympathetic to the idea that that Web three, as we've known it, kind of you know, uh, or speaking of blockchain technology, has drawn a lot of the the light these past years. And I think some interesting stuff has come out of it. More interesting stuff will come out of it. Uh, I, uh, but for sure there are other interesting aspects of solar punk tech, we can call it kind of like region tech, like civic tech, which um, are, are really fundamental. <laughs> like if we, if like what use uh, uh, is a, a local currency running on a blockchain, if actually you don't have sufficient like food and, and energy and, and connectivity in that, that local area. So uh, I, I would love to, to see a kind of reorientation of Web3 technologies to, towards these uh, satisfying these fundamental and very tangible needs. I think that could be an interesting direction to, to head over the, the next years. And I think it's like pretty, uh, it's at least compatible with, with Gitcoin's vision, like Gitcoin talk about wanting to promote public goods and they're starting with um with web3 software public goods then hoping to expand to open source software more generally as another form of public good but then my understanding is that they would happily expand to uh, public goods kind of outside of the software realm which you might which those could be examples of like the public good of having just an abundant free food forest in your local community or the public good of having community-owned solar energy or the public good of having uh, like a shared wireless mesh network that anyone can can access so um, it's and, and, and of course we're early days right <laughs> like 
uh, Gitcoin is still has that focus mostly on software as it's just trying to figure things out to, to, you know, to work out how both what are the fairest distribution mechanisms and also what are the sustainable funding mechanisms. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the point at which the, <laughs> the public goods that Gitcoin is funding are not just software, but are these like, ex yeah, ex extremely tangible things. And we might, we might be a, a couple of years away from that at this point, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. I think it's, 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 okay if it's further out if we just have a better expectation of when certain technologies will have that sort of real world impact um just so that we do not i don't know there's such a natural incentive to hype up something as being ready for to, to kind of immediately reach mass adoption and, and impact i mean i think i think actually um you and I and and uh, certainly voices in Gen Z have a really important role to play to say actually like um, like we don't want to wait <laughs> we we don't want to have to wait for another five or ten years before platforms like Gitcoin are funding those goods um, like what what could we do to to see like you know community energy and food and connectivity projects like in gitcoin's like next funding round in like you know three or six months time rather than in five or ten years time that's that's interesting to me well so you know yeah i think there's already starting to i think oakland had is or has a local uh quadratic funding round i don't know how it went. I didn't follow uh-huh yes i did see something about that mm. but you know here here's here's actually a thought that i had and i and i wonder i always like wonder like if fleeting thoughts i have are probably just shared by a lot of other people where i don't know ether is a funny name right like i just i wonder like how my if my donations are just going to the ether right? <laughs> and i i don't know like it's we're funding a bunch of quote unquote global public goods and you know and, and even the local public goods it's like why is it being matched in the same pool as global public goods well, i'm looking at the oakland and um, local grants page on gitcoin now and it i don't think it is i think it looks to me like there's a, there's fifteen thousand uh, dollars like of money specifically for to, to match fund Oakland local projects, mm. um, and this is this is a yeah I hadn't actually properly looked at this. I'm grateful that you you brought my attention back to it, and I actually think this is a really important thing to fund. Like I, I mean I, I I I do think Oakland's great, but it's not so it's not so much that. It's just the example of I think it'd be very powerful if we could show that these kinds of platforms. And uh, you know, Web three more generally is capable of directing funding and making like a meaningful difference to neighborhoods at, at the the local or, or hyper local level. So I will be uh, putting putting some of my ether towards funding uh, Oakland local projects just to uh, yeah to boost that that idea that 
uh, this technology can be of, of use at that that level. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to open it up right now, but yeah, this is a. Uh, it's it's really cool that they're doing this. I know the folks that are leading it. I don't know if my page is just not loading. Uh, how many grants are there? You said fifteen. Oh, I just okay. dropped the link in. Yeah, and so here's a very, and you don't have to have an answer to this. Like, what can you do with two hundred dollars? Is not is not nothing, but like, what can you do with two hundred dollars? And like, do you think that it illustrates enough of a point? But, okay, but the, so the top fund, yeah. So the top funded grant I'm seeing here is a, there's one hundred ninety five dollars raised and twenty four contributors, but there's a they're right, 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 right. dollars right. of match funding, right? right. So, and this right. is, and uh, of course, it's um, yeah. It really relies on, or for this to be interesting, it relies on there being sizable amounts of match funding having been put forwards. But I think Gitcoin's right. argument is that um, match funders are more likely to come forwards if they are confident that the system for distributing those funds which at this point is quadratic funding is fair and secure and is actually really helping to ensure that the the most important projects get funded so uh yeah i, I mean i'm kind of sympathetic to to that um, line of thinking um but yeah it's just it it's it's very exciting that Oakland are here, actually. I think, and like, can we, you know, can we imagine <laughs> that in the future, like the, you know, one of the one of the main things you're seeing when you go onto Gitcoin's grants is not different blockchains as I as you see now and currently see. You know, I can click on Aurora or Polygon or Celo or whatever, but instead, it's like a map <laughs> of like different communities that have taken this step to um to believing in the potential of of, of web3 technology as a at least as a provably fair way of funding projects in their local areas and uh and i think that you know it sounds like that day is is coming if we're already seeing oakland there then surely there's a good chance that next time there'll be you know a dozen cities and then a hundred and then a thousand and so on we can hope <laughs> Yeah, I'm super grateful for Gitcoin. I think it's a shining, shining star in the Web3 world um, from its focus on really creating, empowering. It is an ecosystem of ecosystems. You know, I was talking to Scott the other day about the grant rounds and how they're, they're, they're pretty frequent. They're like several times a year. And I was like, Hmm, like, does it maybe make sense to do these when the market is good? And he was like, no, like these rounds need to exist all the time. Right. So that we can, that people can rely on them. Mm -hmm. Maybe even be one of the rare things that in, in the Web three space during these like up and down cycles, 
that people can reliably rely on. Yeah. So it's actually reminding me of uh, a part of the conversation I had with my previous guest, Vince Horn of, of Buddhist Geeks. He was talking about an economy of, of giving or, or dana is the, the, the Buddhist word for, for giving. And uh, it's, so, so much of the the Web3 space is focused on like number go up and growth of, of personal wealth. But um, what, what would it look like to actually have an economy of giving where our, 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 our reputation, certainly our sense of like self-worth was more defined by how much we had given away and uh, what projects we had helped to bring into existence rather than just like what the number is on our on our bank statement and that might sound like, sounds like a big challenge you know relative to where we are right now but um, I, I I believe there are examples of indigenous communities where this was uh, integral this was this was, was well known where like the wealth of an individual was was much more related to how much they'd given away rather than how much they had had hoarded as as it is right now i mean i, I love this and i've thought about this about this a lot and i there may not be a single number that replaces your bank account balance but Imagine that we were, imagine if we were able to, in pretty high fidelity, map, have a map of our impact um, across all the people that we've mentored, supported, projects that we built, and, the, and, and, and who was able to be employed by those projects. And I think people would, would be able to have people that, that are very service oriented would have a better self concept, self image of themselves if they were able to see what, what their impact was. Because right now the, and this is funny as someone with aphantasia where I don't have a mind's eye actually, um, and so I'm not I'm like, I, I literally, you know, cannot imagine my bank statements, um, or me sitting in a limo or some, something like that. Uh, but people, I'd say, including me, just in different ways, are really influenced by images of what success looked like. So uh, it's, it's kind of a futile exercise to just complain about how people, what people view as success. If you don't create an alternate vision of what success looks like, you can almost imagine, you know, well, you can imagine like different ways of visualizing your impact. Like one of them could be like a scrapbook of all the great, great things that great gatherings that were able to be happen. Yeah because of your donations, because of your advisorship, mm -hmm. et cetera, right? Like, just like all these smiling faces, right? Yeah. Like it's a kind of yeah. that book thing. Or that tree impact, like, diagram that I'm talking about. Yeah. And it reminds you of another strand of, 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 
uh, work that Gitcoin are doing around impact DAOs, right? Like I think they see, they see defining like, well, what is an impact DAO or like a pro, you know, project uh, that, that has impact. And from there, I guess you can then, at least in the blockchain space, like it would be transparent of who has actually given funds, donated funds to those projects. And uh, this idea of, uh, I can imagine this, uh, something like a kind of, yeah, an automatically generated like record of, of one's impact, um, at least so far as donations one's made. And, and probably also uh, if we're thinking of the Web3 space, events one's attended, meetings one's attended, if you're getting PO-apps and, and things and so on. And uh, uh, resulting perhaps in some kind of impact score or impact scores, according yeah, to yeah, the, the yeah. activity of that. Or, it, or impact graph mm-hmm. or, or both. Yeah. Hmm. And, and, and then it's for, and, and, and then the question is, well, what, you know, what, uh, what uses that? And, hmm. I'm tempted to say that it's that then the people with those that people make an impact will be having a better time, and it, and if it become if it can become known that people who are who are making an impact on the world, positive impacts on the world, are happier and healthier and are having the best parties <laughs> and like lit and just like making the best and most interesting improvements to their neighborhoods. Then that's the kind of thing that would, could motivate people to, to think, okay, actually that's the direction in which I want to improve my life. I don't want to improve my number of, you know, my bank balance number. I don't want to improve my Instagram follower account number, but the number I'm interested in improving is instead this, something to do with the, the, yeah, the measure of positive impact I'm actually having on the world um, for the, the real life opportunities that that will unlock for me, for the friends that I'll make and for the experiences that I'll be able to have for the, for the quality of, of, of locally grown food I'll be able to enjoy and, and so on. So, um, yeah, I think we're, we're pretty much at time now. So I think we're going to have to wrap, but I feel like an interesting place to, to get to. Yeah. Um, it, and nice to uh, to actually tie up some of our conversation around the local with, with the Web3 space by using this the Oakland, on, Oakland funding round on Gitcoin as an example. So I'm certainly going to keep an eye on that. Gary, have you got any final yeah. thoughts for us before we close? Um, I'll, my final thoughts can be some questions like what, what does better look like for your local area, local neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, who are role models of civic agents, civic heroes, um, ordinary do-gooders, um, that should be role models in your area, um, do you feel like you have influence over what happens in your surroundings? Um, how does that make you feel? These are questions that I've been asking myself a lot lately. Um, and 
it's why I'm spending a lot more time thinking about hyper local projects. Mm. Um, and I really encourage anyone that is exploring this, uh, has been exploring this to reach out to me. Um, I can, you can find me on Twitter at Gary Sheng, G-A-R-Y-S-H-E-N-G. Um, I think this bear market comes at a really good time <laughs> because I think, at least for at least for me, because I had spent a lot of time just investigating these like global regenerative quote unquote finance solutions, and you know I think I think global scale is really important uh, in a lot of cases, but what is that without hi- the hyper local nodes that are flourishing mm. and that increasingly rely less on and are just supported by uh, a variety of technologies where it's like the, the local people are already in the process of making things better. Mm. Uh, and they just have this like menu of technologies mm. that can help them achieve their goals. Yeah. The, the technologies are not imposing on them. They're, mm. they're additive. Anyways, mm. Stephen, it's such a pleasure to chat with you. Thanks for that beautiful uh, final monologue there. And I'll certainly be including links to your Twitter and your other projects in the show notes. Gary, thank you very much. Speak to you again soon. Thank you so much.